0: today in the attorney career advice podcast with harrison barnes
1: and you're going to make more money working in a firm your whole goal is to really to have access to work if you're there's no shortage of people that are very talented another thing is if you're unhappy at your current firm you don't have any work and you're senior typically whatever market you're in is eventually going to improve everything was in cycles. That's just how it works. When the economic environment gets active, there's always work. It's amazing to me that people that are, I've seen people that are out of work for years, it's like a bankruptcy attorney. And then all of a sudden, they're hired by a huge firm in New York and work. It's just not, the markets get white hot and people that are not normally marketable become marketable. It happens all the time. If you're in a well-defined practice area and you're senior, the market will always get active at some point. Different markets like tax, trust and estates, and so forth are often very slow in large firms. Then they can heat up sometimes. It just depends. So I'm just saying a lot of times, the point of this is a pretty quick for five years, just certain practice areas will always pick up. And, and so if you're in a market that's slow and you're worried you're senior, you don't have enough work, many times you just have to wait it out and time is on your side. This is another big one is to downgrade the quality of the firm you work for or start your own practice. So if you're senior... There's lots, especially if you're in a good firm, just by working at a smaller firm that's happy to use your brand and so forth, get work. There's all sorts of firms that you can need help at various points in time. There's all sorts of places you can work at. There's lots of jobs. Anybody can get a job. So some of these firms, like some people start off in practice areas where they're unhappy or, but if you really need a job and you want a job, there's plenty of people that will hire you and need help at various points in time. One of the things I'll say too, that's very interesting to me. And this is a point that I think merits a little bit of discussion is when people go out and in interviews and they don't get the jobs that they want. And a lot of times it's because they don't know what they want and they're low energy and there's all sorts of problems. Another time what happens is they sell sub- and then you can certainly get other jobs better jobs too, if you keep going, but you need to learn how to get a job. And there's so many jobs out there. It's just ridiculous. I'm sorry. It's, there's so many in, in any economy. They may not be always what you want, but there's so many jobs and you need to be careful. And if the market switches, you often do need to take jobs that you may not be what you want. I see a lot of times, I see people coming out of law school and feeling badly about not getting a job in a big firm or only wanted to work in big firms or coming out of a law school and having a background where they could never work in a big firm, at least without business or several years of experience in a good practice area, and uh, and thinking they need to work in a big firm. And your job really is to get into the best firm you can. And you may be cast out, cast out of a big firm because you don't have any money, which is basically a portable business, where you don't have anybody defending you, which are partners with business, and then or you don't look good enough on pay. I don't know, but. And you need to work with people that will have you. Why try to work with people that don't want you? You need to work with people that need you and that have the work. So your ego, by the way, is often the thing that hurts people the most. Like they, You can't define yourself based on working at the, a certain type of firm or doing a certain type of forever. You have to define yourself based on having access to work. That's really how you should be defining yourself and access to the best work you can that people will give you. So the, let me explain something to you. So people define themselves and they'll say, I work at this firm and I went to this law school. No, you are doing this type of work and you're getting this type of work. You need to define yourself. Your whole goal is to really to have access to work. The more work you have, the better work, the better clients, That that's the point. And just so you could go to a smaller firm and be working for huge clients, I don't know, but you can always move up in firms. I've seen people start out at huge firms, move to smaller firms, move back to bigger firms. All this is possible and if you do well, it's perfectly fine. You can start at a small firm, move to a bigger firm and this is all easy. It's not if you it's very easy, especially if you have a specialty. If you have a specialty, say you want to be a corporate attorney. Like you you start out at a three-person firm in some suburb outside of a mid-sized small out of in Memphis, outside in the suburbs of Memphis. When you do that, then you move to a bigger firm, maybe in Chattanooga or something. And then from there, you could move to, I've seen people do things like then move to a big firm in Chicago. And then from the big firm in Chicago, they moved to New York. You just, this is all possible. I've seen people move from three or four person firms to Law 100 law. It's all possible, but you need to start somewhere and you can't define your ego. The most important thing you can do as an attorney, by the way, even if you're senior, is to Stay employed and take your ego out of this whole thing, and never give up. You can take contract work too. A lot of times, people spend their career doing that. But you can make a good living at it. I don't. I think it makes it more difficult to get a job in another law firm, an associate, if you do that. But but you should stay working. You should stay working. You don't need to be a contract attorney, by the way. You can always get a job as an associate in a law firm. You just have to look harder and push yourself. And I don't understand after everything I've said, and I say this in every webinar, I don't understand why people don't work harder to to job search. It's a, it's one of the most important things you can do. A lot of terms, attorneys also start their own firms. That's very common, but also risky. I know people that have started their own firms after time in a larger firms and most of them, a lot of them don't do that well. And I just put it that way. It's because they often were let go because they didn't have any business and they started their own firm and then they, I have all these ideas about what's proper. And so how, do, how would you expect to start getting business if you leave a firm without business and uh, without the resources, name and support of a larger firm? It doesn't make a lot of sense. And I'm sorry, but, but you could, a lot of times people, associates I've seen break off with a partner and they start a firm together and you can start a firm. And But if you do start a firm, again, this is not, from my standpoint, this is not brain surgery or that complex, but you have to understand why clients are going to use you. If you do start your own firm, they would come to you because if the clients in your firm would come to you, they would only come over to you. If they like you, they trust you, and they're dissatisfied with the firm and you're going to be cheaper. And if you don't have that, you need to have some sort of niche for your practice. Again, I've seen people leave big firms like O'Melveny and things and start personal injury firms and become fabulously rich. And they had a good idea about different types of firms, different types of practice areas and things. So if you understand the stuff you can do well... And it can be done. It's quite common, but you need to study this and and have a good idea and don't just hang out a shingle. It's very risky. And especially if you're already negative and part of this kind of negative crowd inside of law firms, you're going to be just as negative about your own prospects and think that there's something wrong when you start your own firm. Everybody, by the way, the biggest thing that people do when they don't succeed is they make excuses and everybody has excuses for not succeeding. And what you need to understand is everything that happens you need to take responsibility for if you start your own firm and you're negative you just need to realize you're going to have a really hard time getting people to pay it's very difficult to get clients to come to you there's just lots of issues that you need to be aware of no one cares when you start your own law firm if you're a great brief writer or you went to cornell law school they care about what the cost is for you to do their will or what the cost is to do their bankruptcy whether or not they think you can get them money for their auto accidents and But I would say that it's better to try to start your own firm than quit practice altogether. It the seventh, and I have an eighth one that'll be very quickly that I'll talk about when we start on the questions and answers. But the, and we're almost done with this webinar, and then we'll do Q&A. The seventh one is you can stop practicing law completely, which is what a lot of people do. A lot of people are so miserable being soldiers that they think they need to put their practice of law. Of course they are. They're not, it's not fun being a soldier. But for a lot of people, it can be the right decision. Some attorneys are not meant to be practicing law. And I want to be very clear with you that a lot of people aren't. And a lot of people are. And I'll talk a little bit about the differences. But many attorneys are not, are meant to be practicing law and should never entertain the thought of quitting. You may just be doing something wrong. It's like in baseball. If you baseball and you hold the bat up here, Instead of down where you're supposed to and you keep missing because you're holding the bad in the wrong place, maybe there's something you could fix. Business is one of them or finding the right person to work with. But you need to understand these dynamics that I've talked about, these five or six dynamics so far, because if you think about quitting and you are someone that should be practicing law, you're making a horrible decision. If you did really well in the LSATs, you probably have a lot of aptitude for practicing law. I know that they're getting, maybe getting rid of the LSATs, but that's a test that shows your freaking, how your mind works. And people that do really well should probably be practicing law. People that are very good at different types of practice areas, even if you didn't do well, should probably be practicing law. If you're, there's no shortage of people that are very talented that stop practicing law that have had incredible careers in politics, public relations, business another pursuit so most attorneys that stop practicing law especially if you're motivated that you can do very well I talked about alternative careers last week this is a there's a lot of traditional and non-traditional jobs you can do if you start practicing law but often I think what happens is being an attorney is demanding a lot of times people do have much better careers than they would if they remain practicing law. One thing I would say to you is if you're not getting any satisfaction, there's nothing you like about the actual work of being an attorney, or if you've been doing it for several years and a lot of people around you are much better than you and you feel like you're never going to be that good, then maybe you're doing the wrong thing. You probably have a different skill set and something else that you're gonna be much better at. And that's exactly what you should be doing. And you should consider, you know, how much a lawyer makes. When you're in other professions, you can often become famous or make much more money than you would practice in law. So that's something to think about. And so you need to really understand that that can, for a lot of people, might be the right decision. Business is the most important thing. So just quitting something because you're not doing an important component of the job doesn't make sense. I believe it's just something you need to learn. And you shouldn't quit just because you're not doing that and a lot of times what people do is they quit because they never learn how to get business and they never were inspired and you're just listening to what I'm saying today by the way is these are very helpful it could be the best time you've ever spent sometimes you listen to the stuff and you may not do anything right now but a year or two from now everything I said will click and you remember it and change I really respect people that are uh, doing this I do not recommend creating the practice a lot. if you really feel like it's something you want to do and you're just not doing that one component so again, this, these are the conclusions. We'll take a quick break. But building business is really fundamental for your long-term survival. If you don't have any business, you can certainly choose from these options. But the most important thing is having access to work and really grading work. So I talk about that a lot. I had an experience once where it was interesting. Like I used to have this company. It's based on the BCG reverse recruiting company. It was called Legal Authority. And, uh, and I would hire all these attorneys to work there. And to talk to other attorneys, but I would hire attorneys that weren't practicing. And, and I used to be very concerned. I would hire people from these top law schools to work there. Tons of people around LA that went to every top law school there is and and to work there and had bad experiences and worked at three or four law firms and were no longer practicing. The one thing I noticed about all of them is that they. Like some people, like this is interesting about, this is the most important component, I think, of being a good attorney and being fit for this. I hope this point makes with you. Some people will sit there and only do the work that's given to them and then won't find other types of work and things to be done. Other people will go and find all sorts of things and work that needs to be done. So these people would get five appointments per day, maybe talking to attorneys seeking jobs. And then that would be it. They'd be done. They'd be like, okay, time to go home. Whereas other people that were, that hadn't quit the practice of law or that maybe were more suited would do the five appointments. And then they would call 20 people in the database trying to get another appointment. Then they would work more. They would go back and look at their appointments they'd had previously and call them. And they would always be creating work. Whereas the people that had failed at the practice of law wouldn't know how to create work. They wouldn't find things and work to be done. And it doesn't matter what law school you went to. If you don't know how to, create work, that's a problem. So creating work is the whole the whole name of the game. Like you just need to create work and you need to, this is what the best attorneys do. This is what the best associates do. They find new things to be done and new hours to bill and new, and this is what the best partners are doing for their clients. They always have, we'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do this in the future. They always have work to be done. And so you need to be able to create work and no one. this is the game. So this is why people fail. They don't know how to create work. And if you're a senior associate, I can't, when I mean, you get senior, I can't really, sh- any more than I've told you today, show you how to get business. But you need to find firms that are on the way up and have a lot of work. And and you need to be able to use me and to, as a recruiter or use reverse recruiting, the, that service we have at BCG. Or you need to be able to to use something else, meaning you need to be able to apply to these places and find them on your own. And if you look at enough markets, you're always going to be able to get something and when you get older, it becomes much harder, but there's still work out there. And that's kind of it. I guess the final points I would make is I do feel very passionate about this stuff with your attitude and your ability to have the right attitude about this and to be on the side of positivity and not on the side of negativity and the side of being a winner. And, and there's so much value in that. And there's so few people that have that. And they burn bridges and they're all out for themselves and it's all about ego and it's their prestige and, and it's just not good. But anybody can get a job. And and the overriding message here, I guess, is you need to know how to create work, but you need to really need to learn how to get business. And and again, there's a lot of ways to do it, but the most important thing is really wanting that business and being able to go after it. I apologize that this was uh, webinar was was a little bit longer than normal, but we'll come back and do questions and just take a quick break for a minute or two, and then we'll do questions. But extremely important topic. I would recommend if you did sit through this today, going back and even watching this again because this stuff can save your life and your career, and uh, and so many people like gosh, the because they don't understand the, the, what I covered today. They really have messed up careers and messes up their life, and they make a lot of des- bad decisions and that they don't even know they're making at the time. So I feel very blessed to be able to tell you about this and what you need to do, but I hope this advice is helpful and I just, I can't underestimate or over, over stress how important this stuff is. Do you know the
0: secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do, and one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today.
1: All right. One of the things I said at the beginning is I, I think that there's, there's really, se- I talked about seven things you need to do, but I also... Wanted to talk about a couple other things that you can do too. I recently launched this website. It's pretty crazy right now. It needs a lot of work, but, and it's, I'm not, haven't really officially launched it, but it's called superrecruiter.com. And and it's not really important to to talk too much about it because it's just, it just was launched. But the, uh, the idea of the site, there's two ideas. The logo is a draft. And uh, what happens to, I think I told you guys, and girls and another uh, webinar is that, the giraffe, when a giraffe is born, it falls out of its mother onto the ground and the mother comes up and falls like four and a half feet or whatever it is. And uh, and then the mother comes up and kicks it and knocks it down and keeps kicking it and knocking the giraffe down. And eventually she stops doing that. But the idea is that it's getting knocked down because it needs to be able to, she's trying to make it strong and resilient against, so it can, when it runs away from hyenas and everything, it can, it can do that and, and survive and the giraffe ends up becoming the tallest and most maj- majestic animal in the animal kingdom. And it's very fast and beautiful and sleek and a very interesting animal. But the point is that all great things get knocked down and bad things happen to them. And so that's kind of the logo of it. And then but the interesting thing about the website is that it's really based on three things, which is biology, psychology, and social and, and this is related to the webinar that we're. In, and I'm not just going to spend too much time on it, but but the idea is that in order for you to be successful, you need to have a really good. You need to have good biology, meaning you need to be healthy, and you need to uh, control how your mind is working and and in how your body's working, meaning with exercise and being healthy. And you also need to control your psychology, which means you have to control what you're doing to. How your mind's focused, and then you need to have these social components. So I think a lot of this is launched, is lost on people. And for me, I certainly, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but just yeah, I could be anywhere from 40 to 60. It doesn't matter, but I, I feel much better uh, now than I did and healthier than when I was 30 and on the beer team and I'm taking bad care of myself. And so all these things are important for you to be successful. I think that running your body and your mind and your psychology and everything is incredibly important social means you need other people to succeed psychology means you need the right frame of mind and biology needs to do that so that's what this site's going to be about there's going to be different articles and podcasts and things that go go along with that so let me start with the questions, but I just wanted to put that out there. You guys will use BCG or any of our sites or Law Crossing, you'll or JD Journal and things. You'll you'll see some more information about that. So hope your dog is okay. Thank you. My dog actually no, they, uh, he died. So he was run over. It's it's actually the second dog that I've had that's been killed in the past few decades. I had another one bloodhound that was killed and this one is a french bulldog so it's very sad it's just you know but it's uh, that's part of the problem with living on a coastal highway okay so this person says what can i do at a law firm but thank you for uh, the concern Think, what can i do at a law firm that will move me forward for business acquired and actually saving a major account for departure that routinely has these contributions i'm an associated it's not like i can walk out the door with a client Okay. Yeah. So the, what this person's saying is that a lot of times in law firms, uh, what happens is other p- people get origination credit for clients, and and that origination credit essentially means that one person is considered the person that brought in the client. So even if you're working on the client, you don't have the origination. And, okay. I think to save if you save the client from departing, that that would help you. But it's I guess the point is that if you do save a client for, from leaving, that's not necessarily going to you're not going to be accredited with that, but that can help you, I guess, with the client potentially. And then if maybe later you left the firm and wanted to take the client with you, you, you could certainly do that. But I don't know really how to answer that question other than if you ask it again, I can try to add. I see. So you're just not getting origination credit for the client. So the idea would be to try to get other clients with that, if that makes sense, and try to bring in other clients as well. Okay. Can a 40 year old junior lawyer reach 100000 in salary? And if so, is it possible to progress further to 150? How is the timeline for those different states issues? Yes, of course. So it doesn't matter. Lots of attorneys start their careers at the age of 40. It's not It's not actually uncommon. I don't think you have to worry about that. The compensation is different in different states. So, yeah, California is higher. Florida is high. But, yes, you can. It's a, it, to reach this different type of salary just means you have to be in a firm. Where there's demand for you so you, you want to try to get in uh, the best possible firm you can uh, so that's what i would recommend and and it's also important if you to make the salary to get in a practice area you can what i don't like about this question and i'll just be because a lot of young people and when you're young you're 40 and a junior associate ask this question about salaries it doesn't matter what your practice area is You could be doing collections, you could be doing, it it doesn't matter what your practice area is. The people that are really good in any practice area make a lot of money. The people that are good in any practice area can start their own firms. The people that are good in any practice area get clients. So it doesn't matter if you start out and you're not getting hired by the biggest firms and the ones paying the most and you're just trying to make salary. Making the salary is not what it's about. As a young attorney, your job is to get the work and to get the training and to be develop a specialty and then so it's develop a specialty get the work and and then and then get get trained and then get paid in the program the train so this is not i just want to make sure everyone understands and this is one of the most important points i can make to young attorneys and about your career and your psychology and how you're thinking about this your job as a young attorney and again i want to make sure i don't know how much i can emphasize this all you care about is getting trained. You don't care, you shouldn't be concerned about your salary. I understand you have student loans and whatever, but you should be concerned about getting trained. That's what it's all about. You're just getting trained experience and you're watching other people. It's not, you're not there to make money. So it's like in the in the medical profession, what happens is people become residents and they basically are in servitude. It doesn't matter if what they went to Stanford Medical School or whatever, they're still gonna do the same low paid work as residents, And they're getting trained. And then once they get trained, then they can make the big money. But you need to spend about five years getting trained. And those first five years of your career, you get trained in the best possible place you can. The bigger the firm, the more you're going to get, more money you're going to get. But that's just a bonus. Like the pay you get is a bonus because once you learn a skill, which may take you five years, it usually takes about five years to become proficient in something, you get your experience in the best possible place you can. But once you get the training and you have the experience, you're all set. Then you can start your own firm. You can move to another firm. But you need to have some sort of specialty. If you go to a firm, but the only way you're going to increase your income too, by the way, is whether you have a specialty. So if you go to a firm and you're doing five different things for some solo practitioner, that's very dangerous. You're never going to increase your salary. If you're doing one thing, that's all you need to concentrate on. This is what this is the most important point I think I can give everyone on the call. I have been doing this for again, a long time. I don't want to keep emphasizing that, but I've been doing what I do for a long time. In that period of time, I have realized unlike most of the industry but I mean, that the only thing that matters is having a specialty and being good at one thing. So, I don't care what it is. It could be Representing alcohol distil- distillers launch a new product and uh, do the paperwork related to it. There's literally, if you have experience, if it could be being an insurance defense attorney representing auto accident victims or companies representing. It, it doesn't matter. You just need a specialty. You just need to be doing one thing because that's all the market needs. They don't need people that do several different things. So, you're, if you want to make money, you go and you find a specialty that pays the most. Think about what doctors do. Doctors say, "Oh." I want to be an orthopedic surgeon because they make a lot of money, or I want to be a plastic surgeon because they make a lot of money. This is what attorneys do too. And you should be thinking that way. If you want to make money and that's your goal, then you should select personal injury, or you should select something where you think you're going to do well. If you're really smart, you can be a corporate attorney or commercial litigator, whatever. But you select a specialty where you feel like there's, you're going to do the best with the least amount of competition that makes sense to you. But you, everyone needs to have a specialty. Like You can't Like this whole idea of being generalist is insane because the market just has no interest in it. It's, you know, that, and that's what I've learned. Think about it. I, I can only survive as a, in my business, like I want to help everyone get a job. So that's why I work with every different type of person. It's not because I'm, it's because I legitimately respect attorneys trying to get work. And I think it's like. Wonderful. And I'm not just, most recruiters are, it's about money and things, which is fine, it should be, but it's about big firms, big, big backgrounds. And I certainly do that and a lot of that, but it's my specialty as well. But the point is that if you have a specialty, like the market's going to open up to you and it doesn't matter where you went to law school, it doesn't, none of this stuff matters. You need a specialty, you need to do something and you get into specialty that's most likely to have you. I talked about this last last meeting, but you have different types of specialties. You have consumer-facing specialties, and um, and you have a corporate-facing specialties, or, or basically company-facing specialties. Ones that pay the most are when you're working on behalf of companies. So companies have more money to spend. So these are things like corporate, patent, what else? Commercial litigation. And this is where the most competition is. You have to be the smartest to, to succeed because you're up against very smart people doing that. Everybody wants to work with the companies. This is where the people that go to the biggest law schools, this is what the biggest firms do. The biggest firms do not work for consumers. Consumer-facing specialties are things like trust in the states, their family law, personal injury, all this stuff. So when you go into these things and anybody can do them, your ability to... Your social skills, a lot of times, uh, trusted states can be very complex. I don't want to get too far into that. And I don't want to misspoke there, but you have consumer and you have company facing. So if depending on your aptitude for the practice of law, like consumer space and specialties, a lot of times you do not need to have high LSAT scores or great schools to, to be extremely successful. It just, it's about other things. It's about your drive. It's about your ambition. It's about your enthusiasm. And these things, yeah, you're up against very smart people. So if you're not freaking really smart, and you go up against a corporate attorney that's much smarter than you, they can put in all sorts of clauses and things and arguments, you might not catch something in commercial litigation, all these other real estate, um, you know, so it's, you have to decide where you're going to be. And, and you're going to make more money working in a firm, if you do company facing type things. But that's just how it is. But but you're also going to be more likely to be able to start a firm if you do something like this. Family law attorneys, some of them make millions of dollars a year. You wouldn't believe how successful they can be. Same thing with personal injuries. So none of this, it doesn't matter like the law school you went to. It doesn't matter how your aptitude and your LSAT scores. And what matters is your choice of the practice area. And a company facing would also be insurance defense and that because you're working for companies and and but some of insurance defense doesn't require the same rigor as commercial litigation why because the arguments are about liability and things and they're just different and they're not as i'm not criticizing insurance defense but you have different levels of company facing specialties too so you just need to find a practice area that works for you to make the kind of income you want to make and and every that goes for everyone on the on this call you need to make sure you understand that and I hope that answers your question. Do relationship with partners who have a lot of business determine whether an attorney makes partner or not. Yes, of course they do. Yes. Yes. So in order to be a partner in most firms, you need a sponsor. So sponsor is someone that says, I vouch for this person and they're freaking awesome, all that sort of thing. And so you need a sponsor and the sponsor needs to come out and basically say why this person's great. So you can have powerful sponsors, which are people with business, and then you can have non-powerful sponsors. People without business, which are other partners. Law firms will do whatever they can to hold on and make powerful partners happy. So if you're a powerful partner that's sponsoring you, that's great. You're much more likely to make partner. As a matter of fact, the partner is powerful enough. There's no way you're not going to make partner. These powerful partners with business, they do things like they give business to other partners or non-powerful. They give part- They give business to partners without business. So those partners without business, of course, will say, yes, I vote for this, whatever whatever you want, man. Same thing with the firm. The firm's yeah, sure, we'll vouch for this person. That's the game. Just understanding that alone can save your career. So if you're close to partners with business uh, and they're supporting you, then you're and they have a lot of business and they want to make you partner, you're going to have a much better time chance of making partner because if they vouch for you, They can make everything happen for you. So why is that partner? Because they give business to other partners. They have power and, and therefore, and so other partners need them and the law firm doesn't want to lose them, lose or make unhappy because they make bringing in so much money. So why wouldn't, yes, these people can definitely, these partners without business, if they say they want to do something and they support you, they're going to have a very hard time getting everyone on board because it's just going to be like, you don't have the power. And. Um, So it's just, this is how power works. It's about money. And again, I know people don't probably like to hear that, but that's just how it works. Yes, you want a powerful partner. So partner with business can determine definitely whether a partner, someone makes partner.
0: Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on submit resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com
1: to get started today. Okay, let me just see. So I'm just answering. There's a bunch of questions here, so I'm going to answer. And again, anybody that has questions... This is a great time to answer them. There aren't, there's a bunch of small questions, but anybody that has a longer question, those are always helpful. I like this one. And I'll get to all the questions. So, yes. So, whatever the partner said, if they told you to apply in another office, that's nice. I don't know how, if they told you to apply, like that's not really great news just because uh, they should have told you to, they should have basically just, you should not have had to apply. You should just have been able to for example, they should have made a phone call or something. So that may just be a blow off or something telling you that. And then the reciprocity, he probably or she didn't know or him. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. That just sounds like the person liked you, but they thought you would be good. Maybe they didn't have the work or their firm didn't have anything might be good in another office. I wouldn't worry too much about that. Okay, this is a good question. So someone says, what if you don't want to play the game? And I'm glad By the way, the person that asked this question understands that there is a game. So that's actually very good because it is a game. Uh, Fake relationships, you just want to work a law firm. Yes. So there's, of course you can. You can have, you don't have to have, I don't think the relationships are fake. I think that um, they should, you should actually have interest in working with getting work. But if you just want to do the work, that's perfectly fine. There's, It's interesting, like the different titles in law firms and the different types of people that work there. Counsel is often given to people that just don't want to play the game. That's exactly what counsel means. So you can of course work in a law firm. Counsel just means you're good at the work, like you your work's perfectly acceptable, but you're just not playing the game, meaning getting business or kissing people's or whatever. You're just they like you, you're good at the work. A lot of times, with counsel will be like, "Listen, man, if you go out and you generate some business, we'd love to have you as a partner." And the person, or you work more hours, we'd love to have you as a partner. So that's exactly what counsel is. So, this is a great question. Counsel is just you can make counsel. So that's what counsel is. It's just people not playing the game. It, counsel is also older attorneys not playing the game or younger attorneys, and so law firms love to make people counsel that that, make people counsel that aren't playing the game, especially if you're a good attorney. And that's exactly what counsel means. That's great. That's a great question. Can you become marketable, solo mingle market without having to generate this? Yes, of course you can. Just You have to have a specialty. So anybody with a specialty is marketable. Specialty equals marketability. As long as you have a specialty, you are always marketable. So I would just say to everyone about being marketable and having a specialty, What's so important about having a specialty, and I, I really do appreciate this point, what is so important about having a specialty is that when you have a specialty, you're you're always marketable. But what a lot of people will do on their resume is they'll confuse people. So they'll, the recent experience will talk, they'll think it's a big deal, especially younger attorneys. The recent experience will talk about three or four different practice areas. They'll say, oh, I did. They'll say oh, the trademark and Corporate litigation, and that's just a recipe for disaster. You need to say one thing, and so you need, preferably, more focus. As opposed to corporate or trademark litigation, as opposed to something that's focused, because most law firms and clients are looking for focused people. I want to just give you, I want you to think. I, I like comparing the medical profession to the to the legal profession. So. If you were looking, anytime someone, and I talk about this a lot, but it's, it's this point needs to be talked about again, just because it's so important. Anytime someone has a, a legal matter, I mean, you know, a medical matter, they always look for a specialist. So they look for someone and they say, this, my, my doctor wrote the book on, you know, on podi- podiatry or whatever, foot injuries or something. They always, the people, when they look out for the best person, they're always looking for someone that's an expert. And then they say, oh. And this person treated like some celebrity or something. So they always will talk about the person being the best or the most skilled or the. But it's always in the, in discrete practice area. And then you look at that doctor and the doctors and fellowships in the practice area. Everything's about their pra- their specialty. So you need to look the same way on paper. This is the, these are the only people that are consistently marketable. If you do a lot of things, and again, the other thing too is if you had a lot of jobs. Say you worked in one firm and you did insurance defense, and the next firm you did litigation and some ip transactional work and then the next firm you did litigation a little bit of corporate work you should be applying for litigation jobs and when you talk about your insurance defense you should just say it was litigation related and everything should sound litigation instead of putting all this other stuff in there because people are going to be like wait a minute so they're they do two types of litigation and they're an expert in corporate like no they want to someone that wants a litigator so it's just important to to make sure you look like a different thing so this person did a follow-up so i'm going to ask answer this and uh, thank you but there's still a lot more earlier questions that i'll answer as well Come here, in a second can okay, you talk about people moving to other smaller markets to get a job how do people get jobs in other markets where they're not licensed okay the first thing is there's a lot of reciprocity in markets where you can be re- where you can get jobs there's also a lot of markets where in in your own market like in your own state where where you can get jobs. I used to get calls all the time from attorneys all over the country, but in California, people working in desert communities and in different places, I used to get calls all the time from people that needed people to take over their practices or go work there. So there's so many markets out there, even in your state, like smaller markets that you can work in that if you're in Oklahoma, you should look at different markets in Oklahoma. If you're in Missouri if you're in California there's hundreds of markets in California. So that's that would be your first choice would be within your state. In most states there's going to be tons and tons of places and there's going to be people that will need you. It's there like when you look at firms I just want to make sure everyone understands how things work. So you typically have the most common names in in a market, the big which are the biggest firms and that's what everyone's always looking at. And then you have firms on list there's list of firms on BCG for example. Then you have firms on list, and then you have firms no one knows about. And those firms no one knows about, you can find on Google. You can do a search, and you can do a search for firms in Fresno, California, that do personal injury, and you'll find probably thirty to fifty that aren't even on list. I'm talking about Fresno, which is a small market, and you can find fifty firms doing personal injury in Fresno, and then you can find thousands in Los Angeles. So. A Lot of firms are not on lists. The only place you're gonna find them is if you do a search on Google. And then you can you can find people on LinkedIn. You can there are so many frickin' firms out there. It's there, there's literally firms everywhere. There, there's so many firm again. I'm not trying to create drama here, but you can get firm most people do not need to move markets. Now, if you're in a big specialty or something, you can move markets, but firms will hire you even without the bar. The only firms, by the way, are the only places that will not hire the only places you can't really get a job without the bar are pretty much california florida and into uh, some extent texas but these are the big markets where it's very difficult to get a job if you don't have the bar some markets but most other markets it's pretty easy to get a job even if you don't have the bar there it's not oh i'm sorry new york i forgot about new york so the these are the kind of the big marks california is a nightmare because they want you to take the bar because it's got like a I don't know what the pass rate is for attorneys taking the attorney bar, but it's low, 20%. Same thing in, in New York, they, in Texas, they're worried about people t- not moving there and failing the bar because you have to study for it for a while. And by the way, if you're someone that failed the bar, there's always a lot of people that ask questions about that. It's just a question of spending a lot of time studying more than you did. It's not an intelligence test. It's a study test. and, and But you need to study for these bar exams. So I would definitely recommend. I don't think you need to worry too much about, you don't need to worry too much about the bar unless it's one of those states. Most those other states don't care. That's been my experience. California definitely does. Okay, what signs can indicate a law firm is providing a stable employment environment? The signs would be that they're not letting people go, that people seem like they're enjoying them, like people seem happy there. And, And law firms can be very well run from an HR perspective, and they can be poorly run. And if a law firm is well run, then, then you can tell if by the way the people, the way things are there, and that you can tell by how people are. People seem whether or not layoffs happen, whether what type of clients, the way the law firm seems to interact with those people. One thing that's interesting to me when you say stable employment environment is a lot of times the most stable firms, in my opinion, are in smaller markets. They're in not your largest markets because the largest markets are so econ- so much economic pressure. There's so much. Just paying for the offices is insane, and then but then you have the high salaries and the the expectations that the hours. This is very difficult for for a large law firm to to, for them to be stable with all the economic pressures. And when I say stable, of course, but to be to for to feel stable, the where it feels most stable a lot of times is in smaller markets. In smaller markets, I think, and when I say smaller, I mean. Uh, like much smaller. I'm talking about cities of like 25,000 and maybe up to 100 or maybe 75,000. Like in those markets, like people know that if you lose your job, it's going to be very hard to find another one. And the people almost like the other people support each other, their team. It's just different, not in all firms, of course, but in a lot of them, the stability comes down to how the firm does the work it does, how it manages people. How important money is, and there's just a and there's just a lot of a lot of different pressures, I think, and a lot of different things that make all that happen. But I would take a look at what's going on with the people that work there. Okay, I heard from one of my law school seniors that only average lawyers work in house. Is that true? No, it's not. And There's some exceptional attorneys working in house. That's crazy. There's a lot of very good attorneys working in house. My only and so some of the best attorneys that there are in corporate and other practice areas are in house, and then. The in-house counsel at a lot of these places are freaking and some of them are big companies. The general counsel are often coming from big law firms as equity partners. No, it's not that only average lawyers work as in-house attorneys. It's definitely not the case. There's lots of different types of attorneys that are in-house. I, what I would say is that they're lawyers that inside a uh, most of the time when they're inside a law firm are not generating business, they're playing 50% of the game. And that's half of the game is doing the work. The other 50 is learning how to get business. And so that's part of the problem. And then when you're in house, just think about this from a, from the standpoint of how it works for an in-house attorney. When you're in house, what happens is you're, you, you become an expert in, in, in giving work to others, like taking work that comes in and knowing what outside counsel to give to to protect the company. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a very important role. But you tend to spend more time giving away work than doing the work. And then because you become an expert in that, your legal skills do suffer when you're doing the work all the time. That's a different type of job. So this question is most exercises for more business. I think that in order to get business, you could talk all day about this, but I think that one, if you have a specialty, once you have a specialty, you just need to be seen. So if you have a specialty plus being seen. So special being seen means people need to know you're out there. People need to know you're that you're available, that they, you know, you can, you know, that you can do that, that you're there to help them. And and that's really the main thing, is that you're there. So how do you how are you seen? If you have a specialty, I don't care what it is, you can do speaking, you can do writing, you can do LinkedIn post, you can LinkedIn social media you can you can start a podcast I don't know if you want to talk about medical malpractice law and you know how to de- you, you would start something, how to defend your how doctors can you just you have to be seen and then once you're seen and over time and then you become an expert and then people people want to work with people that are experts in in some sort of specialty but you, they need to see you so it's not enough to say oh, I work at this big firm and I've worked on several corporate transactions. No, you should talk about how large companies can protect themselves in M&A transactions by documenting blah, 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 and then have 50 different things where you're getting out there and being seen. And so this is the most effective strategy is having a specialty and being seen. That's And that, again, that one piece of advice, if you can do that, you'll do very well. Okay, this is a good question. So what is your perspective on working remotely? I think working remotely is insane. I think I think it's. I mean, I, you can have all the work life balance you want, and that may be for you. It may be more beneficial in the long run to have work life balance. I'm not criticizing that, but if you work remotely, you're not back to being seen. You're not going to be seen. People that make partner most times in large firms are in the main office and working directly with decision makers in firms that have multiple offices. And it's very, much more difficult if you're not in the office, uh, you, you don't have the relationships, you don't get the knowledge, you don't get the coffee, the kind of coffee, what is it, the water cooler talk. You have to be around others and you have to be seen in order to to make partners. And again, you call work-life balance. I, I personally think that people that work remotely can do very well and, and you can certainly, but you have to be able to get out there and maybe get business, and do all that kind of stuff on your own. If you're working remotely and and you have and you have to make a very good impression, so either you, you still have to get the most hours, you have to get the most business, you have to do the best work. I personally believe that. And if you're if you're if you are able to form relationships, doing that's great. But I personally believe that if other people are in the office and working there, that's going to be much more helpful to you. Now, a lot of firms, no one's in the office, so that's not necessarily a good thing for you, but could be, so you don't, you could work remotely, but I think it could be helpful. And I think we're almost done with the questions. So if no one has any more questions, I'm gonna answer this one. There may be one more after this, but yeah. Any other questions you have? How can going in-house help an experienced liar get back in track with their career? I think, if, yeah, if you're off track, meaning you're not working, going in-house can, it is a job. And once you get a job in-house working for a certain type of company, that can help you. One of the things I would say about in-house jobs uh, it's actually very beneficial to go into an in-house job that has a, in a certain industry that matches what you do. For example, if you work for a software service SAS company in-house, then you could potentially work for another software services company in-house. Or if you work for a hospital in-house, then you could work for another hospital in-house. So I think getting exposed to a certain industry, if you go in-house can help your career and help you do very well. Thanks for another question. Someone asked a question about mentors, which I appreciate. I also like this question because it was longer. So thank you for asking it. Oh, by the way, if you do ask, if you are, are worried ever about asking questions on the webinar, what I do is I never show the person's name. If I do, it's a mistake, but I, I always just cut and paste it into the thing here. So I don't answer while showing the person's name. So this person, for example, I'm answering now is anonymous. So there's no name showing. Okay. But if it did show up, then I would just cut and paste it. This has been answered before, but how are people getting connected with mentors outside of the workplace who would be interested in mentoring an inspire a student in the process of applying to law school? I think the best way of doing that is, is probably to, you can get jobs inside of law firms. You can get jobs inside of working in there. And that's probably the best thing to rec- I can recommend. It's just, you can get jobs with paralegals. You can get jobs as working inside of a law firm and then Working for an attorney there, you could potentially find a mentor fairly easily. So I think, and I think that's a good idea. I know a lot of people, those run across them all the time that have worked in law firms as secretaries or paralegals and things before going to law school. So I think that that could help you quite a bit. Okay, that's great. Thank you everyone for the questions and I appreciate everybody's questions. And I think this is, hopefully this webinar has helped. I would... really recommend going back and if you did get something out of this to watch it again just because there's a lot of information covered there and I think this information could realistically really help you in the rest of your career to get much better and to make the right decisions and it's interesting I think a lot of things happen just based on the quality of your decisions in your life and your career and knowing this sort of stuff can make a huge difference. Thank you again for being on the webinar. And I hope everything, hope this helped you today. And I will talk to everyone next week.
0: That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.